Hello and welcome to the Unscripted Podcast with me, your host, Nicholas J. Barlow. Unscripted, unedited, undecided. As you are aware, this uh, podcast is about the arts in general. Um, So, enjoy. Hello and welcome back to the Unscripted Podcast with me, Nicholas J. Barlow. Um, So, in this episode, it is quite literally undecided. Um, Until about three hours ago, I had no idea what I would do this episode on. Uh, So, please, by all means, enjoy the consistent uh, babble that you hear. Um, I'll do a bit of promotion of stuff that, uh, you, you may be able to see me in at the end, but, um, apart from that, completely unsponsored, as always, I mean, it technically isn't sponsored now, but, I mean, it's up to you. Uh, yeah, um, right. Now, uh, so, the first part of this episode, um... About this time last week, I went to uh, Showcase Cinema Warsaw. Uh, of course, not sponsored. Even though I would love a sponsor. I mean, Showcase Cinemas. If if you're listening, I doubt you are. But if you are, uh, in all hope. Anyway, um, I went to see Greed, um, a film. Of course, not not a theatre show. It'd be a bit be a bit weird watching a theatre show in a cinema, wouldn't it? Um. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I went to see Greed, uh, starring Steve Coogan. Um, if you don't know what the premise of the film is, it is. I mean, yeah. I mean, as with all films, you should watch them personally. Like, it. I mean, this is supposed to be a review, but um, I can't really give you the best review because I didn't really write anything down because I wasn't expecting to do a review on it. And uh, well. I didn't get around to seeing uh, Parasite or 1917. Um, I might see it this weekend. I don't know. Um, yeah, I'll see how time runs. Anyway, uh, Greed, starring Steve Coogan. Um, it is a film which is a fictional take on the life of many billionaires, mainly in the retail industry. If you don't know what I mean, um, basically think of Philip Green. I mean, Greed is a fictional take on the life of Philip Green, as shown by the fact that Philip Green said he he has no intentions of seeing Greed uh, because he knows that it's modelled on his his life to a very high extent. that I think it's one of the best films of the of the year. I mean, the, Channel Four, which are the producers, they know that it's not uh, it's not going to be an award winner, but it needs to have some more public uh, uprise. The timing of which it has been announced and brought out hasn't really worked in their favour. Personally, I think they should have tried to get it in either just before or just after the award season so they could ride the wave of general publicity. At the moment, 
it's getting underviewed because of Parasite. <laughs> Not saying that Parasite isn't good. Um, I mean, I haven't watched it, so I can't say. But uh, yeah, Greed. It shows uh, if you're a theatre person, you'll know what the word Brechtian means. I personally believe that Greed is the most Brechtian film at the moment. It has flashbacks and it has stats that stare you in the face. It's done in a mockumentary style, but it's not uh, detracting from the co- comedy and the, the the light-heartedness of the whole thing. Um, I mean, there's a massive difference in the life of Philip Green and... Uh, uh, Steve Coogan's character, who I've forgotten the name of, uh, but I won't spoil that for you. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Also, it shows you a bit of uh, what it's like to film a um, reality TV show uh, based on uh, something like Made in Chelsea. Very interesting, because as we know, Made in Chelsea is basically a show in which posh toffs get even more money uh, doing fuck all, or sorry. Not fuck all. Uh, <laughs> as I say, this is uncensored. Uh, doing not much other than not acting, um, but on a loose basis and supposedly method acting. Not saying that people who are in Made in Chelsea aren't good at acting, but they aren't good at acting. Uh, that's another conversation for a different day. Um Another thing that Greed does focus on is the major uh, problems of the fair trade industry and what we think may be fair trade definitely isn't. Most of the fast fashion industry, as we all know, is made with the help of sweatshops. Sweatshops, they're useful for the economy, of course, but think about it, you're placing economical growth over over ethical issues. If you think that ethical issues aren't as like the, the if they if you think that ethical issues have less weighting than the economy Personally, I think you're an idiot. It almost makes you think and think differently about how you buy your clothes and how much you use your clothes. I mean, the coat that I wear currently, not many of you will have seen it, but I've had it since I was about seven years old, mainly because I was a chubby beggar back then, and I've grown into it. So it really is up to you. Um, by the way, Philip Green, if you don't know, he was the owner and leader of the Arcadia Group and BHS before BHS went into administration and downfall, or downfell, I don't know the word, uh, and the, the Arcadia is still around, but only just on its last legs. Yeah, uh so for uh, i'm going to take a small break and then come back to you because 
I feel this episode is slightly too short, so I uh, have just sent out a message to my social medias, at NJ Barlow with a zero, social medias being Facebook, uh, Instagram and Twitter. You can follow me on all of them if you want, and you'll get instant uh, access to uh, the Anchor FM podcast. Anyway, um, yeah, so I'll just have a quick comfort break and get back to you. Get ready for probably another ten minutes of random blabble and then we'll finish the episode for your enjoyment. I don't, I don't know if you enjoy, the show, uh, enjoy this show. Please, by all means, send me a voice message to make sure you like it. Uh, going off on a tangent. Right, uh... Second part in five seconds, probably. Have fun. Hello and welcome back. Um, So in that quick break that I had, about two hours, uh, within that break I I wrote uh, some poems into a book rather than from my computer or words along that line. You, You know what I mean. I think you know what I mean. If you don't, it's not worth thinking about, really. Um, yeah, right, uh, so, I had a myriad of uh, replies from various different social medias, mainly uh, Facebook and Instagram, or definitely Facebook and Instagram. I've had no Twitter replies or responses, mainly because I didn't post it on Twitter, or I forgot to. Um Yeah, so the first one from uh, Cam Green, uh, CLG underscore architecture, I believe that's his Instagram account. Um, He wants my opinion on Art Deco, I believe, uh, if I I read the the comment correctly or the message correctly. Uh, To be entirely honest, I don't particularly have an opinion on Art Deco, um, for I am not an architect or a designer. Uh, yeah, it's it's a nice style of art, I'll say that, um, but personally I believe that art is a subjective thing, so I, uh, I've forgotten whether, whether you like art deco or not, not to offend, but regardless of your thoughts, this is speaking to everyone, regardless of your thoughts on architecture, poetry, drama, whatever it may be in the arts industry, and I know it's a massive industry, it, it will always be subjective if it's done correctly. I mean, most of my poems are left-wing, loony, crap like that. I mean, not crap. They're definitely not crap. Unless you think they are, but I don't particularly care what you think. Uh, anyway, next, uh, the the next uh, thing that I got from, was from someone called Callum Clark. I've forgotten his Instagram handle. Uh, was do opinions of the coronavirus? If you haven't already noticed, this is an arts podcast, but. I will give you my opinion to the coronavirus. To be entirely honest, we are doing what we need to with the coronavirus, 
but I do feel it is a slight overreaction at the moment. Um, we are thinking that the coronavirus will be as bad, if not worse, than SARS or, if I may remind you, the Spanish flu. The thing you have to remember is that the Spanish flu was dreadful, but it died out. SARS was dreadful, but I'm pretty sure it's died out. They're, they're all still there somewhere, but we're doing, we, we've got the great precautions to handle it. So I think the coronavirus, once the summer, once the summer comes, the coronavirus will slowly start to die out and we'll be okay. Or it could be the case that the coronavirus or COVID-19, as the actual term is, uh, will, it, it'll become part of natural life. So, say, with the common cold, that used to kill loads of people before medicine. So the common cold, chicken pox, flu, all those, they've all become part of modern life. So it could be the case that the coronavirus is just another one added on top of it. I think you understand, don't you? Um, next was from a filmmaker on Facebook called Sib Ali. Uh, he he just wanted a shout out for his feature film, which I believe is about autism. Uh, and if I remember correctly, it is called My Life on Camera. Um, yeah, so go and watch that if you can, um, or contact him. I'm I'm uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure I follow him, so, yeah, it's up to you. I'm not forcing you, but I, I kind of am. It depends how much you, you respect me. Uh, anyway, the next one was from someone on Facebook called Hillary Hall. It is, how do we get bullies out of public office, uh, i.e. Boris Johnson and Pretty Patel? Believe me, I agree with you, or I agree with you that Boris Johnson and Pretty Patel are bullies in public office. Uh, how do we get them out? Uh, it's quite hard, really. Or not hard. Uh, but people have to start actually make it, taking care and making notice. Uh, I understand Hillary is a politician herself, I think. Or, no, not a politician, sorry. Um... I believe you ran for mayor, I think, uh, in your constituency. Um, anyway, the way that we get them out of public office, in my opinion, is to do a Greta Thunberg. By a Greta Thunberg, I mean protest. Regardless of your means or your rights... Or regardless of your means and your, your your thoughts or whatever, everyone, regardless of what the law says or regardless of what the police want to, want to say and regardless of what, of what your councils or your governments want to say, if you live in the UK, you have the right to protest. Given that you make them aware that it's a protest rather than just a violent outburst. But peaceful protest... Is perfectly legal. A lot of people forget that, or a lot of people get annoyed at people protesting. Protesting, but at least they're bloody well politically active. Think about it. 
in in the last election, 2019, from when this episode's recorded, was one of the worst turned out elections in modern history. Or by modern history in the last 30 years or so. Do you want to know the reason why? It's because we had valence or valence and disillusion. But we had loads of protests. If people from the, those protests, even though they were young people, so that gives the idea that we need to lower the age to uh, 16 for voting, which I can say I agree with at the moment. I, I do agree with. Um, yeah, so it, it brings into that idea that we need to start almost ousting our own political uh, rivalries and our own political preconceptions from general thought, especially with politicians. So, say, with Boris Johnson, she, uh, she, Boris Johnson, he, um, he, uh, he, he, as you know, he tried to make Sajid Javid um, kick out his, most of his advisors, or by kick out, he wanted to merge the number 10 and number 11 uh, or number 12 staff. So uh, Boris Johnson had Sajid's advisors and they shared advisors. In an idyllic world, yes, that would be possible, but it would mean a whole set of staff would be sacked. So that's the reason why uh, the new Chancellor, I've forgotten his name, the one that's involved in the uh, uh, Yorkshire Tea scandal, as it is now, don't know why. Um, yeah, that's the reason why he's, he's now in power. I hope that's answered your question, Hillary. Um, you can tell me if it has or not, so... Yeah, you can have fun with that. Uh, the next person was Luke Scott the uh, Third. I believe he is the owner and founder of uh, Stand Out TV or Speak Out TV. Uh, I'm recording this on my phone, so I can't check. Uh, sadly, but uh, you, I'm sure you can you can inform me whether I've uh, plugged you correctly there, but. Anyway, uh, you've asked two questions, or two linking questions. Uh, how do we change the education system to improve it for uh, empowered young people or to empower young people in the next generation? Um, how do we do that? I, at the moment, have no idea. doesn't really help that I'm, in inverted commas, a teacher's pet. I mean, it's up to you whether you think I am, but... Uh, uh, I've had barely any behaviour points in my whole in academic career, so I don't know whether that means I'm institutionalised or not, but, like, think about it. I don't know. That, that's not the correct use of institutionalised, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah, so how do we change it? How do we make it better? Uh, remove the forcing of subjects people clearly don't like onto pupils? Uh, someone made a very good um, spec, uh, spe not speculation, observation uh, about six months ago, 
I forgot who it was, but they basically said you'll have people who are thick, who are well, not thick, but you'll have people that are very happy living their lives as like trolley collectors at Asda and getting the pay that they get, living their lives, being free in their own sense, and not having many uh, qualifications. And then you'll have people who are driven, who won't have qualifications, who will do very well. And then you'll have people who do loads of qualifications, do really well in their life, but stay in the background. And then you'll have people who do really well in their qualifications, but don't do anything with them. Maybe it shows a flaw in what we think is the correct way to educate. If teachers were to be made it so, if it was made that teachers had to have master's degrees and were paid much better, maybe we'd have better teachers, or almost definitely we would, and they would be seen as more respectful because they're older. Technically, also it means that we'd need that, we, that there would be better teacher-student relationships. Teachers would be more so friends with their students rather than rivals to some and following on from that uh, the the next question was how to improve sex ed uh, lessons now personally I don't know it it would probably help in all honesty to have a bit of LGBT teaching in there Uh, yeah I mean that's a general thing like come on I know it's a what a public uh, uh, a general thing now that school uh, primary schools need to know about LGBT stuff in a light-hearted manner, which I'm perfectly for, which I'm uh, I'm definitely for. But um, yeah, we we just need to make sex ed less of a taboo and yeah. Just make sex ed less of a taboo. I don't know how we do that. I know Luke's got your uh, your championing the educational reform in the UK. So please tell me how that goes along. I'll share it happily. Um, and yeah, so uh, the, there's not much else I could say about that. Uh, to be entirely honest. Um, so if you're listening, if you're not. Uh, yes, yeah. Uh, if you're listening, if you're not, uh, it's it's up to you. Um, please, if you liked it, share it wherever you can. If you want, I, I don't particularly care. This is a passion project, so it's completely uh, unsponsored. But I would like a bit of promotion. You know, everyone would, or especially an actor such as myself. Uh, so yeah, so if you liked it, go ahead and follow this podcast on whichever podcast listening service you're listening on, Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the rest of the, the, the myriad that Anchor FM have, uh, gives, uh, Anchor FM uh, dash, uh, no, Anchor FM forward slash, or slash, the, the dash unscripted dash podcast. Um, yeah, so thank you for listening, and, uh, oh yeah, 
before I go, uh, something's just reminded me, um, on March the 21st, I'll put the link in the description, I should be having an interview with him uh, in the next episode of this podcast. Um, There is a friend of mine doing a uh, a show, a a theatre show, in Wolverhampton, for any UK listeners. Um, I'll put the link in the description, and uh, you might have the joy of having him as the co-host for the foreseeable future of this podcast. Um, And I'll interview him in the next podcast, and we'll see where it goes from there. But link in the description, I'll put it at the top uh, after the main headline. Um, And please, if you can, if you're free, if you can afford it, uh, go ahead. I'll be there, or at least I'll try to be there. And yeah, also, also, I've just remembered... Uh, If you're listening to this uh, on exactly the day, uh, which would be the 1st of March, remember, White Rabbit, Uh, if you're listening to this on the 1st of March, the day it broadcasts at 6pm, please go and uh, search the Rambler's Rambler's Ball at Adam, uh, at Evolve at Adam and Eve, uh, believe me, you won't regret going through that. You won't regret going to the other performance in Wolverhampton. They are ace. I can give you that as a guarantee. You may see me at both. I think you probably will see me at least at least one. Um, oh yeah, the Rambler's Ball is on the 4th of March. So, for anyone that wants, please buy a ticket. It's for charity. Um, yeah, so thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Unscripted Podcast with me, Nicholas J. Barlow, actor and poet. Uh, unscripted, unedited, undecided, and this time completely uncensored. Enjoy your day and thank you for listening. Tell me what you think. Send me a voice message on anchor.fm slash the-unscripted-podcast uh, and have a great day. Uh, Thank you and goodbye.